You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, fellow Matthew Kachuk fans. In the Dome is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every single day of the games in Tokyo, and they're offering a free shot at up to 50 grand in total cash prizes. The best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are super easy to enter. You just download the app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to 50 grand in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. Promo code is THPN for a limited time at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fuck This Organization podcast, podcast, (laughs) podcast. Okay, more rumors to talk about, to discuss. It just seems like every fucking week there's some new bullshit we got to go through to piss us off some more oh it'd be nice to like you know do a show that we planned and like just do the show and like hey we're gonna do a draft recap today and then like do a draft recap instead of having to deal with drama central some sort of bullshit i was sitting here putting together some screenshots just to prepare for myself and i'm like man what is with this organization like there's just so much drama week to week i'm thinking like why and then I think around like, well, you know, Montreal. I'm like, because I'm like, maybe we should like, maybe it'd be easier just to be like a Montreal fan or a Maple Leafs <laughs> fan. And I'm going down the list. I'm like, no, uh, there's probably more drama there. Toronto, that's like the epicenter of drama. Uh, Vancouver, Oilers, pick, Oilers. Your pick, Jim Benning, Fire Benning on a weekly. It's like daily over there. So Ottawa with Melnick and all that shit. Winnipeg seems to. Seems to fly under the radar a bit, do they not? Maybe we should just fucking move to Winnipeg. Winnipeg, it should, it'd be nice to be just like have an excellent organization where there's nothing to complain about or deal with ever, like Tampa or something. You know, that'd be nice. Or like the Boston, the Boston Bruins, they have drama. Not really. Doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's the Canadian markets. Bunch of fucking whiners, eh? Except kind of in Calgary, where you know it's like. Half the fan base doesn't whine. It's like Kachuk wants out. Oh, get rid of him. Doesn't want to be here. Yeah, we get rid of Dougie. Yeah, we want guys who want to play here. Oh, really? Okay. Well, how many more plugs can you round up, Brad? I'm sure you could gather up a whole handful of plugs that want to play here. That's what's holding up all these deals. Is Brad is just he's still nailing down his PTO list. Is that another PTO today? Did you see that? 
I saw that. I'm surprised it's actually goalie, but um, I'm just waiting for like the 18 that get invited to camp who are just like, you know, below replacement level. Who have need to hear- at least six more yeah. uh, 13th floor forwards to meet Brad Schleving's PTO quota to start the season. Exactly. He definitely, like, the Flames must have some sort of like, a lot of companies have like diversity uh, quotas and stuff. Now the flames must have some sort of mandate. It's like you have to invite a certain amount of terrible hockey players to camp to start the season, Brad. And it's then like you, ha- some- you have to sign at least half of them. <laughs> He's working on some like, you know, ancient old school GM, like your plug to superstar ratio has to be like <laughs> six to one. Oh man, we're dipping under. They were at about four point four plug to superstar ratio. Six to Sign one, more, more like PTOs. fifteen to one. More like fifteen to half. We have like half a superstar. If you haven't seen it circulating yet, here's the drama this week. More Matthew Kachuk shit, and it's funny. Like you literally just said, "Why can't we just come on here?" Do what we have planned. Just do a nice, easy podcast where our blood isn't boiling. Keep the blood pressure down. Yada, yada. This is like, no. Ten minutes before we're about to record, this Kachuk shit's circulating again. All right. If you haven't heard it, um, here's what's circulating. It's on Calgary Puck, right? Is that where it is? It was posted on CP today, I believe. You sent it to me. I I've been spending the last 10 minutes just kind of reading up on it. So I will read what was said and then we'll hear your reaction to it. Um, And I know you have some sobering reaction to it as well, which maybe it's not true, but let's get into it. All right. This is T-Bowl number eight. Thinks he's a scoring winger. It looks like T-Bowl. You're you're, you've got insider status. T-Bowl says I have heard it from a source close to management. If you don't want to believe me, all good. The the three teams still seriously in on Eichel are Anaheim, Vegas, and Calgary. Ooh, this sounds this sounds good so far, doesn't it? But wait, as well, there is a serious rift between Kachuk and the team. He has not been training with any of the Flames this summer. I mean, that's that, you can't read much into that because I don't think he ever does that. He usually goes home. He goes to St. Louis. What's he supposed to do? Like fly to like, is Johnny training with any of the flames? Like, I feel like, no. So, I mean, that doesn't mean much to me, but he goes on to say, and has made it very clear that he wants to go to the States, ideally St. Louis. I don't know. I mean, you had numb nuts with his article or is he was on Steve. Was it Steve Coolius, his podcast? What was that guy's name again? Oh, uh, he with the Kachuk, Shane O'Brien. Yeah. What was it called? Kachuk. 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 So, I mean, it, it sounds a lot like that rumor that was going around, but he goes on to say, last year after the Muzzin incident, closed door meeting for the players. Again, he's saying this is from insider information up close to management. But then Kachuk met with management after the players meeting. And was told by management, we will help you fight your battles, but we're not going to fight them, all of them, every night. So, if that's true, look, I could totally see management saying this to Matthew Kachuk. Could you not? Especially if any of the rumors that Friedman's reporting on, that some of the players inside the room were telling him to cool it down. And look, we've covered this. 
it's 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 absolutely ridiculously pathetic. Well, okay. Calgary puck again is just, if you're not familiar, most of you who listen to this, I feel like would be, but if you're not, it's just like a flames forum where flames fans go. So it's not like a, it's not a certified news source. It's just a place for fans to say shit. So like, we're just talking about it because it's out there and it's something to talk about because we also have a fan podcast and we also like to talk about these things. Um, But yeah, like the fact that Elliot Friedman back when the whole Muzzin thing happened pretty much confirmed that something was said to Kachuk by the players. I mean, I feel like this is at least partially true. Don't you? Yes, I really do. Because look at, and this is what's been firing us up so much about it. It was the leadership group within the team that apparently, so whatever happened in this player's meeting I don't know, right? It's, it seems to be that it's Kachuk versus the leadership group. That seems to be what it's about. And there's back and forth probably going on. Kachuk's probably like, motherfucker flips a puck at me after the game. And he was pissed. That's probably the most upset we've seen Matthew Kachuk leaving the ice. And probably like, do you guys have a fucking heartbeat? Like what? Like what do I have? Like you see, you know, Matthew Kachuk plays. Apparently, dragging your team into the battle every night is not a good thing anymore. It was for a while, but until then, no, no, then it wasn't anymore. Until that moment when he actually wanted to hold guys accountable on the team, then it's then it's too much. It's too. Oh much. wait, so instead of just talking about accountability that this organization has been for. Yes. God knows we like long. we just like talk about it when you actually do it and say, yo, guys, I'm out there on my own. I'm trying to make shit happen. I'm pissed. I hate losing. And then you're the one who gets shit on. You're the one who gets resistance. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's pathetic because like you just mentioned, how many times do you hear it from this general manager? How many, how many times in the past have you heard it from the coaching staff? All these fucking cliche things. Oh yeah, emotion. Got you. Got to get your emotion levels up. Got to hate to lose. You gotta oh, we just got to play with more emotion. If we just played with more emotion, we'd win every game, every single night. Win more emotion. That's the only thing holding this team back. That's the only thing. You get our. That's P- it. You get our GM come on the radio and do his performative little fake pout. Oh, everything's horseshit. Everything's horseshit. Everyone needs to care a little more. If these guys just cared a little more, they'd win a little more. Mm-hmm. I, I care. You just got to care more. You got to play with more emotion. Hate to lose more. Yet, when somebody does that to the extreme of, of the bullshit that you're spouting off, now you don't hear it anymore because, oh, we just like to talk about that. We don't actually like to see it in real life because we can't handle it. I don't understand why couldn't they handle it. Did it like it's too much? You always hear about how this you always hear this bullshit. Yeah, we want to be a hard team to play against. We want to be hard to play against. We want to be that team where you come to Calgary and you know you got to bring your lunch buckets. Uh, Like, what happened to that? No, we just want to be really nice. Everybody just wants to be friends, okay? Lucic. Lucic no and, and Monahan no and Backlund, they all just want to hold hands and don't want to have a riot. 
We just want to hold hands, you guys, and have really good fun time. Have super happy fun. Oh, it's just Blue so Cheech. much fun, you guys. Blue Cheech. Just don't fight unless we're down, okay? Maybe if we're down two or three goals, then fight, okay? Just, But I don't want to see anything going on like, you know. It can't be a riot. No riots, please. Like, and that's the other thing, too, about this is, like, has there been a GM? Because this fucking bullshit about guys in the room. And you know what? Like, my perspective, I think I said this when we were talking about this last time, is, like, there was some tension in the room. There was some uncomfortability in the room. And my thought was, like, well, it's about goddamn time. Like, I can't remember a GM in an organization and a team who has spent so much time, so much time and effort and publicly stated to, to the fan base, like they want to have a good dressing room. They want to create chemistry. They want to make sure everybody's good. It's like, what kind of BS is that? Like, does that conducive to winning? Like, how much money has he spent invested in this? How much goddamn money has he spent on guys who are like, oh, these good, good guy, good in the room, go. Oh, they we love have playing. the leadership. They love they, playing with guys like Luke oh, and Brown. They love they playing love together. Guys. You so love, they just love, they love each other in there. They love Jeff Ward. Oh, we love Jeff. Oh, we love oh, Glenn Gullickson. Bob Hartley, uh, the one guy who's like a total asshole and like actually no, got not, them to win some games. They didn't like that. No, it's not Jeff. It's Wardo. Remember? It's Wardo. Oh, yeah, Wardo. Wardo. Oh, yeah, Wardo. Oh. Gully. Remember Gully? Oh, Gully. Wardo. Oh, fuck. So like this bullshit about how like everyone's got to be friends and close knit group of guys. is like, I'm sure they are all best friends, but. They haven't won shit. And so when you hear stuff like the one guy who's freaking out, he's the one who's getting talked down to. He's the one who's being told to like cool it by his underachieving baby shit soft teammates who have won nothing in this league. That gets, that's really annoying. I just cannot believe with the amount of bullshit you hear about how great this leadership is with Mark Giordano, Michael Backlund, Sean Bonahan, yada, yada, yada. These guys couldn't figure this out. Lucic, throw him in there. Obviously, the best leader of all time. Apparently, they couldn't fucking figure out how to make their star player the engine that drives this team, the future captain of this team, the future of this team. They couldn't figure it out how to all work together in a way where they can still maximize what Matthew Kachuk brings to the brings to the table. They couldn't figure it out because you know what happened? The opposite, completely fucking neutered the guy. Completely neutered the guy. He was a guy who, what, 18 months ago was talking about how he wants to play his whole fucking career here. Now he wants to leave. Because you have a situation with the leadership group. And again, this is all hearsay, but there's obviously some, this isn't, this continues to come up and up and up. So because it hasn't died down yet, there's got to be some truth to this. But you have this situation where your own teammates tell you fuck right off. Then you don't know what to do. You probably talk to management and then they tell you to fuck right off. So this, I don't know. Obviously he's not the future anymore, but he was. And, and it would be the most Calgary Flames thing ever, right? It's like yep. the guy who could take you to the place that you first apparently claim you want to go. You claim you want to build a winning team. You claim you want to be an organization of excellence. You claim you want to be this team that's so tough to play against. You claim you want guys who bleed Calgary Flames red and who will just, we want guys who want to be here so bad. But then your pretty much, your, your, your inability to let go of underachieving nice guy bullshit 
is going to cost could cost you the one guy who could take you to where you claim you want to go. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing. And like Matthew will help you fight your battles, but we're not going to fight them all every night. Why? Why not? Why not? Isn't that what, why? Like, just did, like it, literally why, what, what is it? It's not like you, have you ever seen a line brawl? Have you ever really seen a lot of fights break out with regards to what Matthew Kachuk does? Not really. There's just pushing and shoving. There's gloves in the face. It's guys being dragged into the battle. So all they're saying is that we don't want to go to battle every night. Exactly. That's exactly what they're saying. We don't want to get as engaged or as involved as you do. Stop it. It's too too much much work. It's too much for us. We don't like that. Geo's probably up there with Brad before (laughs) I... Hey Brad, you do the geo. Hey Brad, it's just like, well, like sometimes I just want to like fucking go home to like my wife and kids and like get home before like three in the fucking morning. eh? It's like, holy fuck. (laughs) So the, the Calgary puck post goes on to say from that point on, since management told him this, he was described as acting pouty in quotation marks for the rest of the season, which, Hey, I, I read some of that body language. I mean, it could have just been just frustration. It could have just been like, well, how am I supposed to play now? Basically, I've been neutered. And look, we've said this plenty of times. That was an inception point. We even called it out. You, you've been posted on Instagram many times since then. At the time, we were looking at that. This could be a potential fork on the road. You either go Matthew Kachuk's way, which for me, for you, a lot of other fans – is the promised land. That's probably the way you want to go. Or you can fucking go Mark Giordano's and the rest of the idiots fucking way. Hey guys, can you just tone it down a little bit? Hey, uh, let's just tone it down. No more riots. Okay. Lucic comes in. Let's all be friends guys. It's like, did, has anybody watched Lucic? Like, do you remember when Lucic was like, talk about a riot every night. The dude almost killed Ryan Miller. How many guys has he almost murdered in his career? Like, how come nobody said shit to him? Like, do you think any of the Boston guys were like, hey, Milan, could you maybe not almost kill the other team's goalie every single night? Milan, we really need you to tone it down, okay? Milan, this, could you, Brad, Brad Marchand, hey, Brad, I know you're, like, really awesome and you're, you make us a contending team every year and you're one of the best players in the league, but... We really don't want you to play as hard as you do. So uh, just could you stop? Look, the culture around here, I think you got it wrong. It's all about being hard to play against, playing with emotion, being emotionally engaged, hating to lose. And when people come here, we want we want it to be a hard game. We just need you to really tone it down. <laughs> the Flames are now looking to move them as a part of the Eichel package, he goes on to say. So now he, this is there's rumor in here that he's part of this Eichel deal since there's almost zero chance that he resigns here next summer. Even even to me that seems like unreal. How's there ever zero chance? Well, and see that's how, where the the specificity of some of this stuff does lead yeah. me to believe it's like ninety nine percent bullshit with like a little bit a bit of truth mixed in. Like a two percent truth. Yeah, it's like I I can pretty much guarantee there pro there was a meeting after that game and it pissed Kachuk off and there is some tension there, but the aftermath and the extent to which it could lead to him leaving is probably incredibly speculative. Look, we know Matthew Kachuk loves St. Louis, but he doesn't strike me as the guy that's just like, oh yeah, I had bad one bad run and now I want to leave. 
and I only want to go to St. Louis. Yeah, I, I, I don't like everyone's like, oh, he's going to be just like his dad and force his way out. It's like, huh, like, I, I don't think so. I don't see how there's a 0% chance. If this is true, you need to purge this entire organization of anyone who had anything to do with telling the one guy on this piece of shit team who has passed the first round twice in 31 years, tell the one guy on this team who gives a fuck to knock it off. That's what you need to do. Purge everybody. Then re-sign Matthew Chuck. How does this even happen? That's why I say it's ridiculous. That's why I say it's pathetic. That's why I look at other organizations, and thankfully in Canada, they're all the same. But I'm just like, what the fuck? How does this even happen? How do you have, air quotes, leadership? How is that leadership? I don't get it. How is that even management? Terrible job of managing that situation. Has Brad Shelby managed anything? Has like, this is what question. I've this is what I've always said about the Dougie Hamilton thing. It's like, I mean, obviously there was something that happened that caused Dougie to be upset. So you're instead instead of like again dealing with that situation and like finding some sort of <laughs> like remediating that in any way, it's like ah oh, fuck him. We'll trade one of the best defensemen for. Uh, who wants this guy? Yeah, we'll take your first offer. We'll, we'll also give up the the, the best the oh, yeah, defensive that, prospect yeah. as well. The, Might as well one just of, do that too. One right? of the best defense, one of probably the best defensive prospect in the entire league. He doesn't want to sign here. Yeah, fuck you. Get out of here. Well, we don't even we don't want to. That's because some management. That's just like throwing. That's like ignoring your problems and just that's getting like, rid of them all the time. That that's not shrewd. That's like oh, you don't want to be here. Fine. I don't even care. I don't need anything back for you then. Exactly. It's like, oh, you get get out of here then. Go away. And everybody that wants, I want guys who want to be here and be really nice guys and just have a fun time. Otherwise, I'm trading you. Man, Jeff Ward playing fucking music in practice all season long. What a what a disgrace. Literally, I like. I am so. <sighs> like honestly, like remember? Does any like does anyone have like? I know the fan base are totally ninety nine percent behind Matthew Chuck on this one. Like maybe a few people who are like, oh, if he's going to whine. But like, did any, like, I don't understand where this, like, we don't want guys who are like shit disturbers here. Like, did anybody used to have a problem with Jerome McGinley? Like it's opening night in the Saddle Dome in 2008. The Flames and the Canucks are like two of the better teams in the league expected to be. It's packed in there. It is like, what is going to happen between these two heavyweights? It's like opening shift. Jerome McGinley drops the glove with Willie Mitchell and beats the living piss out of him. And the building is going ape shit. Did anybody say to Jerome after that, oh, Jerome, um, could you maybe tone it down? Oh, we don't want to do that anymore. Can you, you see, just not like, do that every night, Jerome? That'd be, that'd be good if you just didn't do that every night. Like, that's what the equivalent is. And it's like, they get, he was the captain and he set the tone. And like, that's what Kachuk has done for years for this team. He just hasn't had the captaincy and hasn't been, I guess, a part of the quote-unquote horseshit leadership group. So I don't get where the, I don't get how this is even like you're saying. I don't even get how this is a thing. Well, especially when you're like apparently you're going out and making this team tougher every offseason. Like that's your priority. Yeah, apparently when that's the goddamn mandate, it's like we picked up Lucic because we want guys who hate to. We want to be really tough. We got guys like Zadorov. It's like that seems to be the mandate. Who is a bigger pain in the ass to play against than Matthew Kachuk? 
Who wants this team to win more than Matthew Kachuk? Who wants to be a Calgary Flame more than Matthew Kachuk until now, yes? Like, he meets all of your bullshit criteria. Maybe this is just every fucking business, hey? Maybe, yeah. You have you have a new employee. I mean, you and I have experienced this. You have new employees come in. They're super excited to be where they are. Yep. Then they find out management just sucks. It doesn't give a fuck about you. And then you fucking are like, well, fuck this place. It sounds, um, yeah, maybe that's just a universal law of and, business. And, and the we, people who, who love staying there, who continue to stay there, are the people who benefit from the, like, the, the BS, mediocrity, the perpetual the medi- mediocrity. There you go. Again, you can't argue with results. This team's done dick. Right. And we said 2004 yeah. for 30 years, 30 and plus years. We've said this before is like, Kachuk is the outlier in this organization. He is, he is too good for this franchise. Seriously. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's why most of us love this guy. And he's been our favorite player. And we were just like, when he was selected, it was like, how we got this guy. Holy shit. This is the guy who, like you said, it's going to take us to the promised land. This is a guy who gets it. This is a guy who is through and through pure hockey royalty excellence, demands excellence of his teammates, demands excellence of himself, is going to take this team where we want it to go. And they just want to piss all over it because they like me. They just want to continue this cycle of mediocrity. Mind-blowing. Like, th- that just that – just speaks to the lack of leadership within the the team, the roster, the organization and fucking management as a whole. Like you fucking kidding me again. Like the fact that this is even out there is absurd, absurd. And I mean, again, like I said, I read into this maybe 1% because I I've been on Calgary puck forever. Like I, I I'm on there like pretty much almost every other day for the past 10 years. And I've never like seen anything. I've seen some insider stuff, but I've never well, seen it. Because here's what the, another guy had to say, right? Uh, this was text critic. Who was a so mod, that, I think, or something. A mod. He says, I have checked in with T-Bull 8 about a source. It is third hand, but it is also the same guy who had information about a lot of recent acquisitions and deals. He broke the Coleman, Lewis, and Pitlick deals well before anything was made public, as well as the Neil Lucic trade. So you might as well speak to that. Yeah, I mean, I never have seen anything on Calgary Puck, unless this guy has like told the mods privately of those deals. Like I've never seen anything on, I don't remember Dick when the Lucic thing happened. Do you remember we where we were when the Lucic thing happened? Oh yeah. I, I remember exactly where we were, what we were doing. It came out of nowhere. I had not heard a peep about that. The Coleman and Pitlick stuff. Like I don't remember seeing anybody having that. Like, I mean, straight out of Calgary had the Coleman thing, but he's not a Calgary Puck guy. I, I don't recall anything about like Pitlick leaking or, um, what was the other one? Pillick and uh, Lewis. Like, I don't know. It sounds pretty. It sounds like somebody heard something from somebody's friend who works for the team, who works for Brad, who's probably like Brad. She living's Boston pizza delivery driver. But again, since the fact that Elliot said there was something, some sort of meeting and that this has continued, this has been a pervasive topic. There's, Parts of it that have to be true, I would imagine. Well, and just look at the the season he had afterwards. Yeah, and the fact that he was shit afterwards. He was deeply affected by whatever went down. Deeply yeah. affected. Yeah, so totally. much so that his, his results just on the ice completely shifted. I don't know, like, fuck, man. We we 
I'm we're obsessed with watching Flames hockey. It's all I do and all I think about. To our own demise, <laughs> apparently. And maybe this is just universal for all sports fans. But like you said, there's some really apparently, seemingly great organizations out there just seem to get it right year after year after year. And then there's the opposite ones. And the seven years of Bradshaw Living thing is really taking me to a weird place, man, because I know that as much as I can sit here and say I don't want I don't want to watch these. I don't want to watch this team, this organization. I know I can't. I can't help it. I know that once the fucking flames are playing, I'm glued to the TV. But this, like we said, it could be all bullshit, but there's it's still hanging around, still kicking around, so we're discussing it. But I, I swear to God, if this shit is true, I, I don't know how I – and if they lose Matthew Kachuk, yeah, I don't know how to continue. I really don't. I'm, I'm like – I don't know where I am. It's weird. And guess- you, you see people that, you know, become super fans of individual players. When they leave, they buy jerseys. I'm like, oh, I probably would never do that. This is the situation where if Matthew Kachuk goes to St. Louis, the very first thing I'm doing is buying a St. Louis Matthew Kachuk jersey. Just stick it to the Calgary Flames organization. And I can't fucking wait when he comes to town and just beats up on the fucking on the team. I just can't wait. Imagine Chucky going up against half these guys. He'd eat, them, he'd eat them for breakfast. Here's another thing, too, worth worth mentioning. Who are his top two buddies? Well, he Johnny Gaudreau. No, Sam Bennett and and Dave Riddick were his top two buddies. Good point. If you Sam, look at all, if you all look at all the behind scenes videos, this that, like they they're are the, the they're the one they're the employees who got out are like, dude, you got to get out. Probably. What kind of effect is that having? I don't know. I'm with you. Like, honestly, if any of this turns, if any of the, if they lose Matthew Chuck and any of this turns out to be true, I, I don't know. Honestly, don't know where I'll be at. Like this could be a, I'm done situation. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even trying to be dramatic or, or like full. Like I'm literally, if Matthew Chuck is traded on the basis of this bullshit, because that's what this is. Complete bullshit. Because like, what he, that says what did, everything you need to know about this organization, if that were to happen. What did he ever do? It's not like he like slept with a player's wife, you know, got fucking caught doing coke or some shit, and, and like he's being disbarred. And like, it's like the dude was just pouring out his heart and soul for the team. In the only way that he knows how, which, by the way, is pretty damn effective. Yeah, no, better not do that anymore. No, Lucic didn't like it. And again, like, what is it like? I'm just, I, I can't believe that we always have to hear about how great this fucking leadership team is, this group of this. Oh, this they're team. so close. And they couldn't figure out how to move forward from this because some people are like well if you're gonna lose him anyways after next year then you have to trade him yeah but you shouldn't have got to this point yeah you, you shouldn't have be to at, lose him you shouldn't be at a place where you're willing to lose him he should be of, because you couldn't handle a situation properly the fact that he's not already locked up to a 200 year deal is beyond me it's because numb nuts can't figure out his cap 
Like, it's How just, is this like, guy still our GM? How like, is he still our GM? It's unreal. We're heading into next offseason with the three best players on this team don't have deals, and we're probably going to lose one of them. And everyone's like, mm, I love Branchy Living. He signed Blake Coleman and traded for Lindholm. Mm. Mm, oh, what's yeah. he supposed to do? What's I, he supposed to do? Sign those players? Come on. Like, we, I get. I guess winning one playoff round in 25 fucking years is like totally cool with everyone. The more I see his smug, dumb face up there. Oh, I, I, I'm so mad right now. I'm so mad because I, yeah. I, I look, I would be totally okay if there were results in any way, shape or form to back this. We, just, we don't have any results. So the more excuses I hear about why we don't have results and he's still the right guy, yada, yada, yada. And the one time we did have results, they were like, no, oh, we don't want to do that. Fuck that. Fuck. <laughs> the one time, hey? The one time. Because I remember that so season. I was, I was like that that season. I was like, well, I guess like I can't argue with this. Like I've been critical of Tree Living, but the team is finally clicking. Like I guess he was right. Nope. Nope. It's like he spent Fran- 20- tie franchise record for wins, best season in how many fucking years? Ooh, don't do that. Holy fuck, we hate that shit. Oh no. Oh, holy really shit. Good. Stop doing that. Stop right now. We need Lucic so bad. Everything's going so poorly. We only just won the West, and we're one of the best teams in the league. But oh man, that's oh we need Lucic. We need him now. We need that guy's leadership. We need his leadership to take us to two seasons where we couldn't even stay above 500. It's oh, amazing. Thank God that, we have Lucic. It's amazing that that's always these GM solution, eh? Oh, we just got to get older and, uh, you know. Older, slower, more experienced, less, yeah. less good. Except for Tampa. They don't fall for that over there. Stevie, why? Yeah, Pat, Maroon is, Pat Maroon's the only reason they won the Stanley Cup, right? When did Stevie I, Stevie I leave? He, he pretty much built most of that team, right? He left the year before they won the cup, didn't he? So a lot of that is what he built. Yeah, All, like 99% of it. Fuck. Oh, man. Okay, well, uh, you want to go on to some news or what? Like, fuck me. I'm so mad. Yeah, I'm. And then you got to look was, at Brad's. Yeah. I was picturing that picture with Brad's smug, stupid face, smiling with the wrinkled uh, foldouts behind him. And it's like, how is this? How is this where we're at as Flame Sounds? We better have a good season, man. And they better not. Chucky better not be going anywhere. We better have a good season. That's all I gotta say. Put your faith in him for once. Like for once. Like here's my question: What do you have to lose? Who are what you, you believe? Who are you believing in? If not him, like who are you have? putting your faith in? Exactly, Michael Backlund, who's been who? here for twenty years and you haven't won shit. I mean, the ghost of Chris Tanev, Sean no, no. Monahan, Lucic. Like, give they, me a break. They, they just want to talk about going in a new direction. They just want to talk about it. They don't want to do it right. They don't want to affect change. They they just want to just talk about. It. We want to talk about being hard to play against. We don't actually. Actually that's too hard. It. That's too hard. You got to find that like, like that, you know, that, that happy medium with like, you know, pretty hard and like relatively hard. It's kind of like when you're cooking a steak, right? Do you want a medium? 
like you, you can't have it too hard to play against. What do you have to lose if you make Matthew Kachuk your captain and move forward in a new direction? Do you actually do what, what do you, you have? Say? What do you have to gain by give by doing it? Everything. What do you have to gain by saying to Matthew Kachuk, "You are our guy." Like you said on last, take us where you can because. As far as I'm concerned, he's the only one in this franchise since Jerome McGinley who has that ability. Yep. Nothing else has worked. Look at the results everybody else has gotten you. I just don't understand it. Like, you're at the tipping point. You're there. You need you're, to... You're, pa- you're past there. Like you're you, past. You already put all this shit off for 20 years. Like, I just don't get it, man. The point is, you don't have a lot to lose. Like, what, what, given the situation, you're past the tipping point. What, what are you going to lose? Let's say you make Matthew Kachuk your captain, and what he makes it too hard for the rest of the guys to play against. So there's a riff in the room. He and actually, he, he actually holds guys in the room accountable for, do, for doing piss poor jobs on an NBA. Do you think basis. Gio ever did that? Oh, Sean. Oh, wow. You really did a really good job. If I just had like one tip of improvement, um, Maybe you could, um, I don't know, like, uh, just like work on your face-offs and practice next time, but keep up the great work. Dude, seriously. Kachuk is like, yo, I was just, that bitch just flipped a puck at me. We just lost. We suck. What's going on? Oh, Matthew. Matthew. Oh, my God. Don't get mad at us, Matthew. I can't believe how true it sounds, man. Like, like, oh, man. Okay, we got to What's this I hear about you wanting everybody to play a little bit harder? We don't stand for that. We want everybody to be friends. I want you to go down to the room and uh, apologize to Milan and Chris and Mark and Sean and tell them you're sorry and tell them one thing you like about them. That'll be all oh, for man. today. I've got to get home. How do you think Jeff Ward handled the whole situation? Me Dude, the Ward teacher. probably didn't even know what happened. Like yeah, he's no probably kidding, fucking eh? at home in bed by then. He's probably fucking working on his times tables, eh? <laughs> he's got his mad minutes. <laughs> Fuck. Oh man. I don't like I don't see like seriously though, if you Make him your, like, what do you have to lose? You're, let's say you, what's the worst that could happen? You make him your captain and that's what happened. A riff happened and then the, the players don't like their captain. So you got to trade him away. Well, and, and again, like, like, that's kind of where you're at right now. Anyways. Who, who is the riff between? Like, who are the expendable pieces on this team? None of them are Matthew Kachuk. I can tell you some expendable pieces on this team. Lucic, Monahan, Backlund, Chris Tanev. They are all expendable at the end of the day. Matthew Kachuk is not. He's the guy who's going to lead you to winning. All these other guys are replaceable. He isn't. You can't. There's no other Matthew Kachuk. There aren't guys like him. No. Like, why do you think we love Jerome McGinley so much? Because he was the only Jerome McGinley. Because he would demand the best out of his teammates. Because when the team wasn't playing well in a game, he would do whatever it takes. Whether that means fighting somebody and getting his face smashed in doesn't matter he's doing it but then now you have this situation where it's like yeah we're gonna take the side of the guy who is 32 and sucks and makes more money than Lindholm in Lucic 
We're going to take his side. We're going to take Chris Tanev's side, who we just, and I'm not saying like Tanev and Lucic are actually involved in all this. I'm just using them as an example of the leadership group. We're going to take Chris Tanev's side, who like just showed up here and Mr. Cigarette in his mouth doesn't seem to give a shit about anything. We're going to take our captain side, who then we just let fucking go anyways. We're going to take Sean Monaghan's side, who like, been on the fucking trade block for fucking three years. Does it, like so clueless? Doesn't even know what's going on half the time. Oh hey, uh, Matt. Oh uh, well, yeah, why don't you come over? We can talk about it. You know, like that. Though you're gonna take those guys aside. Like if you deleted, and I'm not trying to be a dick or be mean to these guys on the team because I like them. If you deleted Monahan, Taneb, Lucic, Backlund from this team, does it even have any effect compared to what it would do if you deleted Matthew Kachuk? Fuck no. I agree 100%. So it's not even about what you have to lose. It's like, what do you not have to get? Like, what are you going to gain from it? Nothing. And I guess that's the point. If this more team, the same. Is, if this we're team just, is exactly we'll just, more of the same, we'll just talk about things changing. Yeah. But really, what's really going to happen is you're going to get more of the same. Because exactly. as long as we talk about it, it seems it seems like we're trying to make a change, but as long as we talk about it, and Francis can and write some BS article, and everybody can write some BS article about how great a guy Lucic is in their room, and how everybody's friends, then it's all good. We're good. Doesn't matter that we've won dick all in thirty two years. That's okay. And I wouldn't see. I, I honestly, I, I do. I love Lucic, but I also hate him for all these reasons because he seems to be part of the. The Wizard of Oz fucking thing going on around here. Yeah, totally. Like 100%. Like this this weird, like... I don't hate him. I just hate the situation of what, what we're... Look, what we just spelled off for the last 20 plus minutes. Right? Like I hate... I fucking, 50 by now. I fucking hate this. Yeah. I hate it. I hate that this is something we have to talk about. Like the fact that we have to question our organization's commitment to winning, like on a pretty much weekly basis i yeah, it's, hate, hard. it's hard right it's hard to it is hard like how do you cheer for these guys half the time it's really really hard like i mean cheering for them is easy when you're watching right so easy i can tell you one guy who's really easy to cheer for matthew kachuk i can tell you that what do you think is going to happen um not off like assuming matthew kachuk is still playing this year on for the flames for this next season, what do you think is going to happen with his contract situation? No, just like his performance next year. Like, do you think he's, do you think he's already just kind of checked out now completely? And he doesn't seem like that's me, like that guy. No. Or do you think he's going to come back with a fucking vengeance and be like, you bitches don't think I should be the captain. Watch this. Um, or is he going to try and find some fucking weird, happy medium to satisfy everybody, which really is just, you know, lessening, is what he can really bring to the table. Matthew Chuck will be better than ever because he, he's going to find some way to use it, use this as a catalyst. Exactly. Even because, if, for, even if for any other reason, it's because he is going to be signing a contract the next season. He wants as much leverage as possible. All right, let's move on. We just spent like what an hour on some rumors. That's what we do on here. Everybody's talking about it. You, we, you all, you all know you wanted to. You all know you wanted to hear us talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> we're not yeah, a new. We're not a news site. We don't have to verify our sources. We don't have to get like solid information. We talk about whatever we want. 
this is why we can't just come on and go over the draft recap. It's fucking boring compared to what we just talked about. <laughs> do you want to hear about how Matthew Coronado has like a really good shot? Or do you want to hear us dunk on the, do you want to hear about how the, the Calgary Flames? Do you want to, exactly. Do you want to hear about how the, the puck just, just blasts off his stick and finds the net and he can turn in tight turns really sharp? Or do you want to hear about how pathetic Bradtree Living is and this organization is just a fucking gong show? You want to hear about how many like volume transitions uh, the Cole Hawkins had this year in his time in junior, or do you want to hear about how much of a bitch Brad Tree Living is? <laughs> oh man, amazing! All right, all right, uh, let's go to Thomas Tatar. He's gone. I know you had him on his radar. We obviously the guy scores goals. I mean, for some reason he hasn't been playing in the playoffs. I. I don't I, get it. Like, what is I, what did guys have against Thomas Tatar? I saw some thread on Twitter because people were asking the same thing, and like, apparently he doesn't block shots or something. So I don't this know. Must suck. The guy's a good player, and he can score. Oh, he's a good player. He can score goals. He's good five on five. He's good on the power play. He signed a two year deal for four and a half million dollars this year. That sounds like something that the Flames absolutely should be all over. But I I knew it wasn't going to happen because like if guys like um. Dom Ducharme and I guess was Gerard Gallant when he was there. If they're not playing him, I don't see Daryl Sutter saying, yo, get me Thomas Tatar. Daryl would be like, get me Thomas Tatar so I can have him clean up cow shit in the dressing room as a lesson. So he's played three seasons with the Montreal Canadiens. Last season, he played 50 games. He had 10 goals, and I think he had a significantly reduced amount of ice time. Did you ever remember playing against Thomas Stark? I don't even think he played it half the games we played him. Pretty much he was scratched like almost every game when I remember playing them. Which he is must pretty... be, he, he must have been riding pine, dude, because he is... played 50 games. I don't remember yeah. ever seeing him. But the year prior, in 68 games, he scores 22 goals. You want to prorate that, it's probably at least 25. He had 25 the season before. He had 20 the season before that. 25 the season before that. 21, 29, 19. The guy's a perennial 20 goal scorer. Watch, he'll be the new Toffoli this season, eh? We're gonna be doing a we're gonna be doing an episode down the road <laughs> when we're about to miss the fucking playoffs again. <laughs> saying, oh, if we just had like 16 more goals, we would have fucking made it. I was well, looking at yeah. Meanwhile, he'll be on his fucking. 30th goal that night. And probably. New Jersey will just be like rolling. And everybody will be like, whoa, they got him for four and a half mil a year. What a sweet deal. Who wow. saw that coming? It's like everyone. That's a that's lucky. They got so lucky. So the flames are still on in on Dvorak, and that's even up till yesterday. We're we're seeing that he's still uh, linked to the flames, right? Well, yeah, Elliot Freeman on 32 thoughts or whatever he's calling it now. Jeff American, he were discussing Dvorak and Dvorak's available. I guess the Arizona Coyotes are just like trying to build the infinity gauntlet of draft picks. They have two first and five seconds next year. And apparently they're looking for a first and like two prospects for Dvorak. So that sounds a bit steep, doesn't it? It's been linked to the Flames, but if that's the price, get out of here. Like, if they pay a first and two prospects for Tata- or for uh, Dvorak, but don't want to cough up what it costs to get Jack Eichel, then like, get rid of you. Like, and I like Dvorak, but I think he's like, he doesn't do a ton for me. Like, he's a he's a good player. 
but he would be like kind of like a backland guy to me who's like and he's younger and he still like puts up similar results to backland he doesn't score enough he's okay he's like he's fine defensively but i think he has this rep of like being like this big shutdown center i think on a sutter coach team if he was playing down the lineup he would be a really good add but i oh, he's, don't, a, he's a great fit for sutter hockey yeah he'd be a great sutter guy but like what worries me is like okay if you let's say you you made a trade for Dvorak and then you you obviously have to trade Monahan probably just cuz the money um if you're like who's going to score Dvorak doesn't score like none, nobody's going to score on this team so he would be a really good fit on a Sutter coach team but I wouldn't willing be I I wouldn't give up too much for him and that would like he he would not be the guy for me I'd be giving up significant assets for. He'd be a good player if you could, if you if you had a deal in place that made sense. But he's not somebody who's like, yeah, let's go get him, and we give up whatever it takes to get him. He, he doesn't score enough, and I don't I don't see him do anything particularly well. Like he's a good player. Like if your forward group was like, if if down the middle you were rolling Lindholm, Backlund, Dvorak, that would be very solid. But do you really want to pay the piper for a guy who's probably going to be your third line center? I don't know. So he makes the same amount, 4.45 mil for for another four years. But like you said, I mean, Tatar probably does more offensively for you. You could have paid him the same amount for the guy you're trying to get. For free. For free, and you might have to give up apparently a lot for for Christian Dvorak. If you look at his goal totals, I don't know. I mean... Like he has played under weird circumstances. Like I think he's been kind of miscast as like he shouldn't be. Like I said, if he was playing down the lineup, like he's been playing one C in in uh, Arizona for years. So he has put up pretty good even strict results considering he's like playing top quality competition on a shitty team. Well, that's the thing that that you have to really look at through the lens, right? Like here's his goal total totals: fifteen goals, fifteen goals. Um, looks like he missed. Uh, a big portion of the season due to injury in, in 1819, then 18 goals last year, 17 this year, pro rated probably 22. Yeah. So he's between 15, 20 goals on a shit team where they just try and play defense. Like, so I don't know if he can, if he can put up 15, 20 goals in that situation, I'm sure he could probably do something similar here. Hey, um, I've got an idea. Uh, he and Kachuk were line mates when London won the Memorial cup. Uh, Mitch Marner, Christian Dvorak, Matthew Kachuk. There you go. Go get Chucky's buddy. Make it. Fix sweeten, it. Sweeten the pot. Give him the C. Bring in his buddy. I love how they, they bring in Johnny's buddy. And he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love how this, like, I was saying this a couple of weeks ago. Again, like, it's just like, they'll do anything. Yeah, they'll do anything but anything that makes them, like, slightly uncomfortable, right? Yeah, or bring in actual good players. Yeah, or bring in anyone who's good. This brother thing is weird. Like, like I was saying, it's become acceptable for like everyone to have their brother on the team. It's like when Dougie Hamilton did it, everyone gave him so much shit. Now it's like, oh, the Hughes brothers are together. It's so cool. The Jones brothers. Oh, you don't see any think pieces written about how Seth Jones is a piece of shit because he wants his brother on the team. Poor Dougie. Look, I guess we have added some good players, so I'll, I'll maybe retract my last statement, but you get the point I'm trying to make. Any closing thoughts on Dvorak? I don't know. I like him. If the if a trade came up that made sense, 
I would, I would be, I like the player. I just, if you're having to give up significant assets for him, I don't know. I think you can, I think you can figure something else out. Unless yeah, Kachuk, want- unless you want to put him with Kachuk, and you you want to be you want to have bringing his Ch- fr- his buddy to Chuck, to Chuck you mean to Chuk, to Chuk, to Chuk. Like I mean, like the three M line. Oh man, if you did a three M line with like Dvorak, Monge, and the uh, Chuck, it's a pretty good line because he he's kind of he's kind of like Backlund to me, except he's like seven years younger. So, so you do. Goudreau, Eichel, and Lindholm. Then Kuchuk, Kuchuk. you could do you could do Goldman too. Let's do. Here's what you do. You do. <laughs> you do Goudreau, Eichel, Lindholm. You do Dvorak, Kachuk, Monge. Then you do Backlund, Coleman, Pitlick. And then you do Matt Phillips, Adam Rzika, and Dylan Trivalous. Dylan Dubé. Oh yeah, Dubé. And you shoot all the veterans into the sun. Okay, touch on the uh, Zadorov arbitration, and then we'll we'll get the draft. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this was, I don't know, probably not news to anybody that Zadorov was going to do player elected arbitration. So he's one year away from uh, UFA. So any, um, <clears throat> if it gets to arbitration, so he has the, I think it's set on the twenty sixth. Of August, so that's way far away. I could pretty much guarantee it's not going to get to that because, like I said, he is uh, he is going to be a UFA next season. So if it does go to ARB, any result would be a one-year deal. So he would be a UFA after this year. The Flames don't want that to happen because then they'd have to pay him big time. So they want to get a deal done before it goes to arbitration. So I'm assuming they will. Um I don't see, even if it did get to Arb, I don't see the number being that high. So I don't think Zadorov has like a ton of leverage right now because like, what is he? He's a defensive defenseman who like doesn't put up any points. Like, what is he going to point to as like a, as like a, as like an argument for like, oh yeah, give me $4 million times four years. So if I had to guess, he's getting somewhere in the two to three year range at a, at a digestible, um, deal i would say probably in the three to four million dollar range so i mean i i would hope it's not more than four million dollars like three by four would be pretty expensive for me but i could see it being like three and a half by three okay uh the last little bit of league news cervelli is reporting i think somebody else is reporting this too the nhl salary cap is projected to rise to 82.5 million which is it's just a million dollar increase uh, for Ooh, the following season. We can probably Ooh. fit in one of the old LA guys next year for that. Mm. We can probably sign at least one more PTO. Does Kyle Clifford still play? <laughs> Should go get him. Didn't he move? Didn't he get picked up in the offseason? I it, like all I remember from Kyle Clifford is when Kachuk went after Doughty and Clifford was like, remember he's at the blue line and warm up, like mouthing off to Kachuk. Kachuk is like 20. He's like, get the fuck out of here, Clifford. Clifford. Okay, let's whip through this, uh, the draft. We got what is it, eight players. Eight players to cover. Matthew Coronado. See, this, it. you know what? Like, this here's what annoys me is like, Brad Shilving does so much shit that bugs me, and then I have to, like, give him props for the draft. 
Yeah, but do you? How much of how much of the draft preparation is Brad doing? He's getting all his scouts to skip. Brad's not scouting all these young guys. He he's not the amateur scout for the team that's going around and fucking you know taking care of all this. Is he? I don't want to give him credit, but I will give him credit for at least allowing his scouts to do their job. I mean, for pretty much the entire eternity of the, the eternity of this franchise drafting has been an absolute shit show, whether yeah. under, under Daryl Sutter, who would just draft guys who were out of the WHL who are big, although he did draft TJ Brody and Michael Backlund. Um, so I feel like he does get not unfairly criticized, but boxed in to a certain type of player. He also made some really poor decisions in the draft. Before that, you had Craig Button doing, like, it was awful. Like, we picked Brent Cron, like, ninth overall in 2000. Like, it's been a mess. So, on at least under Brad Living's watch, he has allowed his scouting team to make their picks, and he has done a pretty good job, and I will give him props for not being afraid to take chances on guys who are smaller and really skilled. So, there's your Brad Living thumbs up for the day. Except we'll never see them make the team because they'll just be stuck on the 13th forward wheel for it. All of eternity while we <laughs> sign PTOs ahead of right? Yeah, that's like pretty accurate. And I mean, I guess Dubé, people who say no, they won't because you get to see Dubé play, but I mean, then there's like, well, what about Shillington and Matt Phillips? And so, yeah, yeah, all right, anyways, all right, let's start with the draft again. I don't pretend to be a draft expert, I usually know more about the draft, um, in a year where it's not a weird draft year where I didn't get to watch anything. so um Matthew Coronado picked 13th overall I think he's the Flames best prospect like to be perfectly honest um I know a lot of the models out there have him as such he is kind of what the Flames prospect pool has been needing which is a guy who is a huge offensive a huge offensive potential guy he's a goal scorer he scored 51 goals last season with Chicago Steel in 48 or 48 goals in 51 games he has scored like 66 goals with them over the last few years. He is just an offensive dynamo. Like he's got a wicked shot. He is a guy with some serious offensive upside that the flames uh, prospect pool really needed. Right. hand shot, Right hand shot goal scorer. Love it. A lot of times you'll see any player comparables. Did you see any player comparables? Well, I saw a few that were like Kate Braden point, but with not as much with, with not nearly the speed. Okay. Like, when I kind of watch him play, he kind of reminds me of, like, it's not that he's slow. He skates with the puck pretty well, but he doesn't have, like, Braden point speed where it's like, holy shit, he's really fast. He's not like a water bug out there. Um, I think, like, uh, <clears throat> I kind of, like, his game reminds me of Mangiapane, but he is a better shooter. Yep. Yeah. He's a really good player. And it was funny because, like, the first question shithead Francis asked him is, like, oh, dude, are you going to be like Adam Fox and Leith? Do you want to play in Calgary? Listen, Do you wh- want to play in this shithole? <laughs> Why would you play in this shithole? You're going to choose Calgary? It's a shithole. <laughs> Coronado was like, no, I really want to play there. Oh, my God. So stupid. And, like, to anybody who thinks this is a pro like the Adam Fox thing is a regular occurrence. Like that was a one in a, not a one in a million, but a very rare occurrence. Like think about all the players, the flames have had like zero issue, 
signing out of the NCAA, Jankowski, Pat Seeloff, Kuznet, like all these guys go down the list for years. Fox was just a whiny little bitch. And like Coronado is going to sign. Don't even worry about it. Like, don't worry about it at all. Second round, pick 13 in the second round. William Strong, no, Stromgren, Stromgren. Must be Swedish. He's a Swedish boy. Um, Flames like they're Swedes. I like that. He's big. The defense? No, left wing. He is a left winger. He is a big boy. 6'3", left shot. Um, he's not slow by any means. He's he's not like a big Hulk, hulking guy who can't skate. He will probably play on the on Sweden's World Junior Team um, this season and next, I would say. Um, I know everybody was kind of freaking out because he had like not particularly impressive numbers. Um, in his league last year, but you got to remember that is a men's league. He's yeah. playing against men. Like that's the same league. I think Backlund was drafted out of. If you look at Backlund's number in that league. Like he didn't score at all, like nothing. So I don't read too much into that. He is a guy with pretty good skill. Plus um, you're not getting hella ISM at that age either. Yeah, totally. So he's not playing that much. So when you look at his Alskavan numbers and they're like, Oh, he only scored. What did he score? Like four goals or something? Three goals in 27 games. Yeah, it's a men's league. It's tough to play over there when you're like 17. So, of course, he's not going to put up super great points. But he's a skilled guy. He's a big guy. Um, It was funny because if you follow Byron Bader on Twitter, he is a data scientist who is from Calgary, covers a lot of draft stuff. One of his comparables in his model was Jerome Aginla. So it's kind of like, think like, Think not obviously he's going to be a Hall of Fame player, but think like power forward guy and with some skill. The the one knock on his game is like maybe some consistency, but I think he's got a lot of raw skill. Um, It's I had no problem with this. I know a lot of people were like Stan Coven was right there and Dallas got him two picks later, but I mean, Strongen, really skilled player. And the Flames have done well drafting out of Sweden, so. Eden. I like it. I think they have um William Stromgram from Sweden. Exactly. We're creating little Sweden will rise again. Now let's just get Pedersen and start rolling. Screw Eichel. Let's get Pedersen, man. Oh shit. Offer sheet him, man. Totally. Offer sheet him with that Kachuk money. <laughs> okay, round three, pick 13, Cole Huckins. This is actually one of my low-key favorite picks from this draft. Okay, explain. So he's a big guy. Um, 6'3". How are these kids so big is my question. Like, he's 200 and... He's 200 pounds? McDonald's, bro. And he's 18? I could never get to 200 pounds. What is going on? (laughs) I don't get this. Anyways. Mr. Huckins. Um... He ranked seventh in the QMJHL with 32 points this season in 33 games. He's going back to the Q for the next two seasons. He's a big guy who can, I think he was playing center and left wing last season. But he's slot as a centerman, but yeah. yeah. Again, he's another guy who is just got some raw offensive talent and moves well for his size. Um, so I actually really like this pick. It, it's it's like 
that's the one thing I've appreciated about Bradshaw Living staff. Um, they're taking flyers on guys based on their skill, <laughs> not based on their size. Like he's big, but he is big with skill. So um, I have no issue drafting a big guy who can skate. Like it's not like he's super fast, but he's got lots of skill. Sounds like he is a bit of a uh, pain in the ass to deal with on the ice and can score some well, goals. Hopefully he's not too Yeah, hopefully they probably already talked to him, right? They're probably like, well, we want you to play hard, but not don't play, don't be too hard to play against, okay? We don't want you, we don't want to Cole, listen. We don't want to ride every night, Cole. We don't want to ride every night. We guys. can't handle we can't handle it around here. We can't handle those riots every single night. It's just too much. So please stop, you guys. Do you think Anyways. things would have been different? if there was actually fans in the building? I like, think so. Because the fans fucking love it. That's the thing that just boggles my mind too, right? Like if the flames, sorry, we're going on a Chuck sidebar, but like how out of touch, and I guess you can't make decisions about based on your fan base, but also like how out of touch would they be? Well, to, not, shit, eh? to not think that going all in on Chuck is like what they should do. Like, it's like everyone can see it, but them, it seems, you know, like it's, it's hilarious. Almost like, it's almost funny. I'm just thinking like, if imagine that happens, it did happen at home. It was at the dome, wasn't it? Yeah. I was at the dome in that empty ass thing with those disgusting. Ima- tarps. Just, just imagine the place is full of fans. Oh, there's going to be a shit little leaf fans there though. Maybe not in COVID because they couldn't travel. Imagine you had fans in there and he, and Muslim pulls that shit. We'd go nuts. It would have been a different experience. The, the players would have been like, yo, you could, you can't lose your cool like that, bro. The fans would have been losing their shit. That's why the fans love Matthew Kachuk because he's one step down from where the fans are emotionally at all times. And again, that's why we love him because he's the only guy on this team in this franchise since Jerome McGinley, who is even close to that level. So relatable. Anyways, good value pick um, at 77th overall with Cole Hawkins. Um, I, I, I know uh, Byron's model at Hawking prospecting actually has him rated pretty high. Uh, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to dislike about picking up a guy like that with some potential at a uh, at 77 overall. So, a pretty good pick. Okay. Also in round three, pick 25. Whose pick was this? Okay. So they get that pick 89th overall by trading the third round pick in the Milan that came from the Oilers in the Milan Lucic deal. Um, they traded that to the LA Kings for 89 and a six round pick at 168. So they pick up a six round pick to trade down with this pick. They picked Cam. Why not? 89th overall. I mean, why not? I mean, what a weird name. So like why why wouldn't they? Why why not? They go three straight forwards, then they go to a defenseman. He kind of just looks like a good old fashioned shutdown defenseman. Um, you know, Brad loves his uh, good old fashioned shutdown defenseman. I mean, yo, he depth, got through for depth. He got through like three picks without picking a defenseman. I'm actually quite impressed. Um, he probably has a shot collar on when he's at the table. <laughs> eh? It's like every time he's like, guys, should we do uh, should we get that? D- <laughs> 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 
what's Craig Button's brother, the head of the scouting? Well, it was funny because when the Flames made their Coronado pick, it was on TV, and Bettman called him Ted, and it's Todd. That whole that whole fucking man, that and the Kraken thing is just like <laughs> oh, so bad, so bad. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, so, so Todd's probably got the button of the shot caller, right? Yeah, Brad, he's like, nope. shut up, Brad. Every time he mentions a D-man in the first three rounds, they just shock him. You get one. Anyways, uh, why not was actually one of the most uh, uh, point-productive D-men last season as he had uh, 34 points in 43 games with the Mooseheads. Um, I think he's kind of just been described as a possible NHL two-way defender. So he's he's a pretty good player. He projects well. His skill set projects well into the NHL. I mean, again, a, a pretty good pick at 89 overall. Don't mind okay, that me, at all. Give me a comparable. Oh. That good. Eh? I, I want to say, like, TJ Brody before he was really good. Like, TJ Brody when it was like, yeah, Brody's a pretty good player. That's, That's about the time we wanted to trade him, eh? Yeah, right right there. It was like, I hate TJ Brody. That kind of time. Um, Like, he's... He's, he's a really good puck-moving defender. So I would say TJ Brody is probably a bit of a stretch. Don't read too much into that, but I'm just being in style of play. A guy who is good in his own zone moves the puck well. Round five, 13th pick in the fifth round. Cole Jordan, and it says here he hails from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan? He now, is- that's, a, that's a famous... Line slash scene from a famous movie. I don't think you've even seen that movie. Slap shot. So. I'm sorry. I like I I grew up in like the country. I try look, <laughs> I've tried to tell this guy he needs to see slap shot. So if you if you didn't listen really have a lot of like if you I, listen on it and you're on Instagram, give him a hard time. Okay. <laughs> um, anyways, Cole Jordan, like uh pretty good player, left hand shot D. Um, so, yeah. yeah, like yeah. again, like a, a constant theme actually throughout this draft that I did pick up on, and I know other some other people picked up on was the Flames were finding a lot of guys who move the puck really well. Um, so this is another guy who's great in transition and moves the puck really well. I mean, I always trust the Flames picks in the later round just based on the fact that we've got like uh Ryan Francis, Andrew Mangiapane, guys like that late. Um, so I, I like this pick. There's nothing I can say that's bad about this pick. I think this is a great pick in the fifth round. He is still pretty big for how well he moves. He's 6'2", 205. I know he was ranked pretty high on Elite Prospects ranking. He was like 36th overall. Um, so I really like this game. He's a good skater. He's he's smart. He's not going to like blow your mind with his skill, but... And again, this is just from me watching his highlights. He's a pretty good, he's a good player. I like I like him. All right, round six. I think we traded. Did we trade down in round six? This was the sixth pick. And this was the pick that we got with the uh, yes, the pick we picked up by trading down in the third round. I gotcha. All right, Jack Beck. That's a great hockey name. Eh? This is the first time I ever heard the name Jack Beck. I was like, oh, I don't know even who that is. Jack sounds, Beck. Jack Beck sounds like a Batman villain or something. Um, he didn't. By the play, way, Cole, Cole Jordan doesn't isn't from Moose Jaw. He, he plays. For, he played for the Moose Warriors. Job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack Beck. He didn't play last year. 
So that probably hurt his stock. And I, like, again, I had never heard of him or seen him play. Um, cause the OHL suspended all their operations during the COVID shit. So, um, he didn't get to play anywhere. So the flames kind of take a flyer on a guy who, you know, maybe not a lot of people, uh, know about maybe would have went a lot higher. We don't know. Possibly. Um, you're I mean, hoping we're hoping you're hoping again, another, uh, this one's a bit of a, kind of like a guy who is, you're taking a chance on his skill. He's 5'11". Um, again, I don't know too much about this guy. The only thing I saw was his quote that he said he was going to show that he's going to be the steal of the draft. That's what I'm going to do next year. Let's just hope he doesn't ruffle any feathers so the Flames have to talk to him about, uh, you know, being too hard to play against. Just make sure he's relaxed a little bit. Make sure, yeah, he, make sure he's happy-go-lucky. We don't uh, really like those types of public statements. They, they, they kind of give the organization too much attention if you know what we mean jack could please, you tone it down a bit please don't just put say too, just stop say, putting re- so many expectations on yourself lower your bar lower your standard do it could you just say that you're really happy and you want to make the t- you're, you know you're gonna do what you can to make the team better <laughs> make sure you're just talking about how good you're gonna be in the room we will love it anyways he's kind of uh just grades out more as like a playmaking guy so sure well, what a th- what a thing to say though man like if that's i, I fucking love that if no i love that shit man that's you yeah. come out in the draft and you say something like that fuck give me that all day long 100 percent. that's what love you want to see love that attitude love so, it. i bet you he probably because a lot of these teams they meet with these players right they before they pick them they that's how they hone in on their pick they get to get to meet with them on skype or whatever so I'm sure, I'm sure that was one of his selling points too, right? He probably believes in himself, so that's a good thing. Totally. So, playmaking upside, Jack Beck. Jack Beck. Okay. Uh, later in the same round, the the actual kind Mr. of flames pick, pick 13 was Lucas Siona. So, he's from Edmonton. Oh, boy. But he denounced the Oilers on Instagram, I saw. So uh, He did? Yes. How? What did he say? He said there will be no more Oilers jerseys, only Flames jerseys in this Atta house. Boy. From now on. So he's like, I already he, like them. Did he call it the city of losers? I wish he, he could have been a bit more harsh. Siona is another guy who is really good in transition. Like they seem to really focus on forwards who can enter and exit the zone really well. So again, I don't know what to say about a sixth round pick who I've never watched play. Other than that, sure, he looks good. He's got some physical ability. Probably a good player. Okay, round seven. Arseny? Sergiev? You nailed it. It might be Ser- Sergiev or Sergiev. I've heard it said like Sergachev, but without the ch. So, I mean, again, I love getting goalies later in the round. The Flames have done very well doing that with uh, Dustin Wolf. Like, this is where you draft a goalie. They drafted Daniil Cheklev there last year, late in the round, a guy who is a second year of draft eligibility. So he is a big goalie, you know, goal, you know, scouts like their goalies to be big. He's six, he's three. a big boy. He is a big boy. I have zero problem with taking a goalie um, in the seventh round with your last pick. Um, so he was in his first year of draft eligibility. I believe he is committed to uh, the USHL next year uh, and will be heading to university of Connecticut where uh, other Flames prospect play Jan Kuznetsov plays. 
Um, so seems like a good goalie. I don't know much about goalie drafting. We'll see how he does in Tri City next year. There wasn't, there was like, I saw, I literally saw one highlight video of him. That was it. There was always available for film. Okay. Give us some uh, closing remarks on the draft as a whole. How do you rank this one? I know it's, it's hard to, to see until you see how it pans out, but yeah, it's always hard, especially in a year where like, literally I saw nothing. I didn't see anything. I could probably tell you a few things about the Coronado and Stronggren picks. Um, but you can't, you can't argue with uh, the Flames' preference for guys with skill. They, it looks like they went a bit higher on the like uh, size and physicality side this this year, which is fine. So as long as skill is like the main priority, so I think they've done a really good job just building a prospect pool. Like over the last two over the last two drafts, they've done a really good job specifically getting uh, Zeri and Coronado. And I mean, they're getting they're getting good value. You can't argue with that. Goody. Okay, well, there you go. There's your draft recap, and there's your um, our two cents on the whole Matthew Kachuk situation. Hopefully, these hopefully none of these guys are like just they don't care too much because that they're probably not going to be. Remember when Bob Hartley had like the "it's always earned, never given" mantra? Like they've complete like they have taken over that mantra and just flipped it on its head. That's been the mandate. Yeah. Always given, never earned. Listen, just remember a lot of this is hearsay. Obviously, we don't know how much truth there is to it other than what we mentioned, but it seems like it's just not going away. Um, and I know that we, we mentioned this. The team had a potential fork on the road to go Chucky's way or not, but it kind of seems like this organization is not going to go Matthew Kuchuk's way. 